I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Seth. And I'm Kevin. It's time for episode number 336 of Video Games Hot Dog, the one where Jim's not here, but Seth is here, and we're all sweaty because it's the sweaty time of the day. In Riff this might not be sweaty. Office. No, well, I'm, right. I'm pretty sweaty. <laughs> okay. Just, Everyone's sweaty. Are you, is it cold? Is, is it because it's cold in Portland? Is it hot in <laughs> Portland or do you just always have a burn barrel uh, next to, <laughs> next to where you're recording? It, it is, it is not as hot in Portland today as it has been, you know, recently. Like this is a comparatively good day, but it's still kind of muggy down here in my basement apartment. So, so you got a you got a little bit of muggy downstairs going on, yeah, is what you're telling yeah, our listeners exactly. and us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, Kevin and I were just in Arizona for a few days. Part of why we couldn't uh, record uh, last week, and boy, did bad. we sure move a lot of furniture and boxes full of stuff around in a house where the air conditioner wasn't working for some goddamn reason. In that, summer in Arizona, that yeah. sounds great. The reason being that the house is cursed. I mean, I didn't say that on the record. As a guy who's trying to sell the house, there are never, there has never been any public acknowledgement by me of any problem with the house or swimming pool or anything else. Hauntings thereof. You would think that the constant scorpion attacks would have indicated to you that it was a cursed place. They were fairly infrequent, actually, though. Well, you know, the actual, the actual stings were, but the incursions were. Uh, the on, incursions on were the relentless. Yeah. I would describe them as <laughs> relentless scorpion incursions. I mean, yeah. and that's not necessarily a curse. That could just be your standard, you know, plague. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Makes sense. Run of the mill. Yeah. What, what was I supposed to have done? Killed one of my children and smeared his blood on the door or something? Yeah, something like you... that. Okay. And then the scorpions would just go eat Probably the child's blood. Probably any child would be fine, you know. They, yeah. It's not like the scorpions would know. <laughs> I didn't have any children, and a lot of the families in my neighborhood had so many that they probably wouldn't notice Yeah, <laughs> uh, if one of them was missing a little bit of blood. Hell, they might even have paid you. So, can you use a baby goat uh, as this to, like, to fool the pedants or whatever? I mean, if scorpions can't tell, like, if it's your child or another child, another person's child, presumably they don't know the difference between a kid and a kid. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. It, it, so you think that they are fooled by homophones, <laughs> but not d like the DNA of blood? No, no. I think they're also fooled by DNA. Okay. I think they just love blood. Okay. <laughs> so just any blood. Any blood will do. Any blood in a storm. Any. <laughs> That's the old scorpion saying. <laughs> yep. Blood door at morning. Um, so, yeah. You know. You knew when I got on your back in this river of blood that I'd have a great time. <laughs> river of blood. Is there any of those anywhere? Like in a ca in a cavern somewhere that we could go visit? Or like a, I don't know, like a, a moat around a haunted vampire castle? <laughs> that would be a real show of ostentation if you were a vampire and you had a like a blood moat just to be like, ha, 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 fuck you other vampires. I got mine. Instead of aqueducts, it could be like... Uh, Hemoducts? Hemoducts, yeah. yeah. Man, what if you could convince a, a water slide park to dye all the water red for Halloween? <laughs> we, we actually, in college, broke into our campus pool and dyed it red. Nice. Oh. For Halloween? Uh, no, it was just... Just because we were yeah. in college and that seemed like a good idea. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you could just go to a pool that has that stuff in it that turns purple when you pee in it and just spend all night peeing just in hydrate it. hydrate yeah. real good beforehand. Yeah. yeah. Well, how how long would it take you to die if you just drank the pool water and just peed it right to out? To die as D-Y-E? Like to die the whole pool? Or to... It <laughs> or depends. Yes. 
just die from drinking all that water. Yeah. Since we're fooled I mean, by homophones, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you, so, do you think that... I mean, does drinking swimming pool water is probably not good for you, right? Because to some extent, it is also just drinking bleach. Yeah. And I know that that's not good. But like, I don't know how much how much swimming pool water would you have to drink before it like made you sick? Do you think? And would that be more more or less water than it would take for ordinary water to make you sick? Right. <laughs> I I would guess that like you would be uncomfortable drinking pool water before it actually had like serious ill effects. What if you had dyed it with Kool-Aid? Oh. <laughs> so it was, it was delicious and poisonous. I hadn't considered that. <laughs> what did you use? Uh, oh, uh, we, we just got like... Food coloring? No, it was like pool, there's actual pool dye that like is intentionally temporary. So oh. we got like a case of that, broke into the pool, dyed it, and then sent an all-campus email saying pool party, something, something like Wesleyan Colors... Because our Wesleyan's like team uh, school color is red, so the pool is red, and we sent out an all-campus email, and then within 15 minutes, campus safety was on the premises. <laughs> <laughs> Did they let anybody swim in it? Uh, I think some people got there for the for some red swimming for some before. clothes ruining. Yeah. <laughs> well, surely if it was meant to be for a swimming pool, unless it was like yeah, this I, don't, is I for- don't think it like that was a thing that we were actually careful about before we did this dumb stunt was that we weren't actually going to cause any like permanent damage. permanent damage that we could get in real trouble about. Okay, now I kind of want an aquarium where the water has been dyed black and all the fish glow. Oh, you so mean you can only the see them ocean. when they're kind of cl- yeah, like so you can only see them when they're kind of close to the. That's wow. pretty good, actually. My my friend Chris in high school, uh, we proposed a deep ocean aquarium that you would build by just having an aquarium that was just the size of a normal aquarium in your house, but like hundreds and hundreds of feet tall, and so you had to have you had to have it completely full, so the part of the aquarium that was in your house was at the pressure and depth as far as the fish were concerned. <laughs> That's going to be, be a real problem for planes. Glass. Yeah, yeah. Well, hundreds of like, where where do you think planes are, Seth? I don't know the air, right? But that hmm. I wonder how close everything up. Like I'm I'm a short man. Everything up is just like I don't know right. how it works. Right, effectively, like planes are at the ceiling. Yeah, like, might yeah. as well be to me. Can't it, reach them anyway. Yeah, anything you can't reach is equally high. Yeah. It's not. It's not that they're really high up. It's that they get really small. They like take off and then just get real small and then zip along at the, at the ceiling height. <laughs> All right, yeah, it's yeah, more yeah, fuel efficient yeah. for them to be really light, so yeah. they, should, they should just shrink them. <laughs> That's yeah. the actual reason that like cross country flights have gotten faster over the years. It's not anything to do with technology. It's just like of the plane itself it's just that we figured out how to shrink it right yeah and what i don't understand is all of these people who are complaining about the chemtrails like they could just go out with like a long fan on a stick and get rid of the chemtrails (laughs) (laughs) um like your mom (laughs) people who are people who are chemtrail conspiracists like kevin's mom i it's cute is it really she doesn't I don't think that your mom is going to actively do any harm in the world. No, but like she didn't vote for Trump. No, she didn't. There you go. But like we had to have some serious conversations in the election year. Did do you think that do you think that your mom and uh, Billy Corgan from Smashing Pumpkins should date because he also is a chemtrails enthusiast? Sure. That guy is crazy, it, and then sometimes you, in that he wants there to he be loves more them. of them. Yeah, he yeah. wants there to be more of them. Yeah, <laughs> he was like, I just want the sky to just be like a parquet floor of crisscrossing chemtrails. 
That's what he said. Except it's a parquet ceiling. And then a little uh, tub of butter yeah, next yes. to him Thank repeated you. his his <laughs> concern. Uh, <laughs> that guy, every once in a while, like there'll be a, a really coherent interview with him where it's like, man, this is sad. Like this guy kind of saw a bunch of his friends get really fucked by the music industry. And like just, you know, it's like a like, you know, somebody who was on top of the world and then just like shit changed. And now he's grouchy. Uh, but like fairly smart and clear eyed, but then sometimes it's like, nope, I'm going to, right. I'm going to do a 24 hour live stream of some Herman Hess inspired improvisational noise garbage. And (laughs) that was unwatchable even for one second. (laughs) Uh, Maybe you just watch the bad second. How do you, yeah. Yeah, that's the, re- a, <laughs> the entire rest of the stream was brilliant. Yeah, the the uh, there's just a little a little notch cut out of the viewership. The... <laughs> what have you been up to, Seth? Uh, I don't know. Figuring out life stuff, making video games. Kevin astutely pointed out earlier today that because <laughs> the unannounced video game I'm working on actually kind of has two modes on it. In it, I'm really making three video games. Uh, last time I was on, I encouraged people not to make two video games at once. Don't make three either. Hmm. It's bad. Oh, huh. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, like, uh, things have been coming along on, on both projects. Uh, Nectar Vector, my little local multiplayer game, got accepted to a thing, which is exciting. Um, and, yeah, I've been hanging out. I'm going to go be in Seattle for a couple weeks uh, coming up, starting this weekend, for meeting our art director for other project for the first time, which will be cool. Oh, yeah. And we're going to jam for a week and make a video game. Nice. What kind of video game? Uh, multi, multi, multimodal. Yeah. A multimodal video game. We're, we're not really talking about it yet. Um, but the, this, oh no! Yeah. I'm sorry. I thought you meant you were gonna like make a different oh, game. No, no, no. Like no. just as a as an <laughs> three exercise. Three is enough. And, okay. No. So yeah, this is this is like the first time because because Final Final, the studio that we formed to make this, it, this is annoying and confusing. I'm sorry. You're, I can understand why you, you didn't quite understand. Um, so Final Final uh, is for people who are re- all remote. So this is gonna be our first time all being in the same place together, and that will be good for productivity and general bonding and like being a team because it turns out virtual offices are weird as i'm sure you're aware it's a really good studio name thank you we like it yeah i i don't get it like these asset this asset is final yeah and then you and then you make a second one final underscore final final. it is both a joke about like file naming and inevitably when you name something final right you will append another final it but it also kind of speaks to like things not being done until they're done and okay. blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. So it's a final, final game studio, like the final solution <laughs> that, uh, no, the final, final, no, Jesus, all of the, no. <laughs> all of the, uh, all of the, uh, uh, areas in West of Loathing have one of two floor textures and they are either floor underscore dirt underscore one or floor test one. <laughs> Um, because the I test works. I recommend you change the floor test to floor test final. Floor test underscore final in yeah. all caps underscore final. Yeah. We, we've joked about just like making new shell companies each time we ship a new video game. Uh, adding a new final. Oh my final God, that's time. so good. I mean, your accountant would be annoyed. Yeah, that's true. Especially by that's game. That's what we pay them for. Though. By game 12. Right. When it's well, we like, should be so lucky. 
Well, yeah. Um, but yes, hopefully we get to game 12 and have the worst company name ever. Final, 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 final fantasy 12. <laughs> it's just a generic fantasy game. It's not actually yep. Final Fantasy. <laughs> and oh, yeah. the sequel but... is called 12B. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you could just, your names could just, your games could just be called Fight and Fantasy. <laughs> and fi- so what? Final, 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 Finals Fantasy. Yeah, Final Finals Fantasy and Final Finals Fight. <laughs> and, uh, fuck, Final Mission. There was a, there was an arcade game, like a sort of like omnidirectional scrolling kind of time pilot style arcade game that I think maybe it might have been called Last Mission, not Final Mission, but you know. Uh, for these purposes, it'll be called Final Mission. Final Finals Countdown. <laughs> uh, Final Finals, uh, Countdown could be your like crackdown clone. <laughs> Except you're Casey Kasem uh, terrorizing a city by collecting orbs and dedicating them to various people whose dogs have died. You could do a hidden picture game, Final Finals Notice. God. Mm. Well, the the good news about all this is that we don't have to do any, like, R&D after this first game, (laughs) because we already have all all our next games figured out. Yeah. I, I I made a game last weekend. Oh yeah, you uh, did the little like Yeah, I did a seven hour rogue like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In it turns out I still remember how to use Quick Basic a lot and I was able to make some little dudes walk around in ASCII graphics pretty quick and Does then Quick Basic still have line numbers? Uh no. Okay. Yeah, what what is what is Quick Basic? Quick Basic. Do you not know? Are you it's asking basic, for the listeners or are no you asking because numbers. you don't also, know yes. because you're too young to know? Okay. It can be so, both. <laughs> okay. So, the like basic basic is a computer language that was invented I, I know at, what basic is. Dartmouth but, like, in 1970. Quick basic our, well, different. Our, our listeners might. Sure. Know, I, so. I didn't know that. Ba- actually. Okay. Ba- yeah. yeah, basic was like from 1970, I think. Uh and then Why basic Dartmouth? that's just where they invented it. Huh. I don't, I don't know. Okay. Uh, cool. Uh, so, uh, they, then it used to like when you bought computers in like the eighties <laughs> and you turned them on, they would just be at a basic prompt a lot of the time. Sure. And yeah. so if you wanted to like load software, you would load it off of a cassette or load it off of a disc from there, but you could also just like turn on a computer type 10 print. Hello, 20 go to 10 and the computer would say, hello, 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 hello. Uh, and then, Microsoft, Microsoft made a, yeah, Microsoft made a better it's version. Well, you, you just had to wait for the power to go out. Like they didn't even have, uh, they didn't even have power switches. Luckily the power grid was really unreliable back then. So it happened all the time. Um, so then you would like debug your source code by the light of a kerosene lamp. Uh, Microsoft made GW basic, which was just a, just their like sort of MS DOS version of basic. And then With they space made Marines. With oh, uh, Games Workshop, Games Workshop Basic, yeah. Okay, right. And gotcha. G G H W Basic, G- which was its son. G- yeah, G- <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, its son was actually uh, Quick Basic, which so later came Cubic. Later, like later versions of DOS. Yeah. I think maybe starting with Windows th- with Windows 3.1, actually, or the ver- like DOS 6 or something, started coming with a thing called QBasic, which was just a scaled-down version of QuickBasic. But QuickBasic was a commercial software package that would actually compile basic programs to executables. Um, it didn't require line numbers anymore. It had like a kind of a rudimentary object-oriented programming stuff. It had 
you know, uh, uh, an IDE. Like it had, you could actually run basic programs and trace them. Like you oh, could, wow. okay. you could pause and advance one, one operation so at a time. It was and the first check, time check that variables and stuff. Like any basic thing was like more of a real development yeah, environment. Like you could, you could develop real actual software in basic using quick basic. QBasic was that same thing, except it didn't have the, it didn't have the ability to compile it to a, an exe. Mm-hmm. Also, so, you couldn't use the letters U, I, C, or K. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or U, I, or K, I guess. Yeah. It's basic is spelled with a K. Um, B, A, K, I, C. Anyway, uh, I learned over the course of making this game. I, so I just, I, I decide, I, I never, I have always wanted to make a seven hour rogue or seven day roguelike, but I've just, I've never never, had seven days. I've never had it. The competition never comes around at a time when I can afford to spend the time on it. And it just, yeah. And it just like, it sucks. I would really like to, now that I've done this, the next time it comes around, it's like, I could probably make a pretty serious game in, if I did seven days of this, but it's, um, so I did like seven one-hour sprints, and then tweeted progress and gifs of each of them, and then uh, well, that, did that count as part of the hour? Uh, no, the writing the patch notes did not count as part of the hour. Although I, the seventh hour was only like twenty-five minutes, probably. Like, okay. Um, I the seventh hour I just spent publishing it to itch, uh, and ma- like making actual executable builds of it. There is a new product called, it's like an open source project called QB sixty-four, which is it's compatible, like any quick basic code will run in it. Mm. It doesn't actually have an interpreter built into it, so you can't do like the tracing and stuff. I forget what that's called. What do you call it? The thing that you, you can run software in an IDE and it tell it will step along and tell you debugging? Like the debugger? Jeeps? I mean it's uh, like I mean breakpoint? Like that ca- yeah, like I don't I feel like there's a word for it, and I just have always, I have only ever written stuff in PHP or Quick Basic before I understood that that's what was going on. Like, I never understood as a kid whenever, a, whenever one of my programs would error out, and I would edit something and it would say, this will require restarting the program. Are you sure you want to do it? I'm like, uh, yeah. Like, I was always going to restart the program. I didn't realize it was still running on a different screen that I could switch to, and I could have, like, fixed the error and then continued. Um, so anyway, I made this game where you run around a proc gen level and there's fog trying to kill you and there's treasures that you can pick up and bombs that you can use to blow up walls and the stairs in the initial release (laughs) you were just trapped trapped forever um and it was fun i liked uh i liked uh making a game and telling people about it and my uh the graph of my twitter activity had a huge spike there yeah that's cool is is this the first time that you've done like a roguelike thing at all um, I made a bunch of like, not a bunch. I made and actually released a few like character graphics games that were in the sort of roguelike style where you moved around and they, mm. they weren't, they didn't have a lot of proc gen stuff in them just because I wasn't super sophisticated. The The nice thing about QB64, which is just like a new, like this will just make an actual new executable is it runs so fucking fast. Like you can do. I had always like conceived of like, all right, if I wanted to like make a cave generator, like I, it always occurred to me like, all right, well, what if I just like dug out a sort of a path and then did some like cellular automata stuff to like kind of grow out the cave organically, but it was so slow in quick basic, like running in DOSBox, this, the game does not work unless you crank the speed up to like 
you know, 20,000% of the speed that it wants to run at. But QB64, like, you can just write this horseshit code that's <laughs> like, let's just loop through this 500 by 500 array a thousand times, and it just takes zero like, it's like all right, that, well, that was a frame. Like, okay, cool. So <laughs> I guess I can write arbitrarily complicated quick basic programs yeah. now if I want to do more. It also lets you, you can use more than the original palette of 16 colors that were available. Like you can actually do 32-bit color in text mode and you can run a text mode window of a, with an arbitrary number of columns and rows, uh, which is pretty cool as yeah. opposed to being limited to 80 by 24, which is what the... The original stuff was because it was just designed to run in DOS. Right. Um, yeah. Anyway, that was fun. And I, I like quick basic. So uh, it's quick and it's basic. Those are the two things that I like about it. Oh, uh, wh- so what did you do for like the, the level proc gen? Like, did you just kind of make it up as you go? Or? Yeah, I thought like I spent some time kind of pacing around thinking about what the next hour sprint was going to be before I actually did it. Um, I the way the level gen worked was. Sort of like Spelunky works, which uh, Darius Kazimi wrote this. This is where I was going with this. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wrote this web page uh, explaining how Spelunky's level generation works. So I divided the divided the level into a grid of rooms with walls, and I put like points in all the midpoints of all of the walls. Uh, then I randomly traced a path from the center of rooms left to right so that there was always an unbroken path to the exit. Um, then I just wiped a lot of the walls like the, the, in later iterations, like it just, it was very boring and grid like until I started wiping away, like, I don't know, 15 of the right, horizontal so walls. So you get, you get some, like yeah, get some wider and, open spaces. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then all of the other midpoints, that existed on the walls that still existed, I randomly either replaced them with empty space or a wall or a locked door. Hmm. Um, and then there were a bunch of areas on the screen where there were three by six or four by six spaces that I knew were empty and accessible. So I wrote a bunch of room templates that were just like strings of characters that would then stamp onto those spots. And it was like one symbol meant there's a wall here. One symbol meant there's an item here. One meant there's a treasure. One meant there might be a wall here. One meant there might be spikes. Yep. One meant there's a locked door. Like just, and so it just like placed those in a bunch of the places where there was room for them. And then that was, that was how it worked. Um, I think it is impossible for it to create a, an unfinishable level. Um, because I also then just cheated and like the, I just wiped a bunch of squares around the player's start point. Sure. So they, they didn't ever inside a thing with a locked door and mm. no key. And there was, a, you could always walk to the exit. It's just that it might take a long time. Mm. And the, the spreading of the gas stuff, uh, that gets harder and harder as you go down in levels, like incentivizes you getting to the exit quickly. So yeah, it was, I don't know that it's like a good game, but it's a, it's a real game. Yeah. It's weird. It's definitely like better than something that I would have made when I was 15, right? Like it's, I'm not necessarily, well, okay. I definitely am a better programmer than I was when I'm 15, but I'm still not like, it's not like I was bad then and I'm good now. It was like, I was bad <laughs> then and I'm a little then. better now. Yeah. yeah. But I definitely felt over the course of doing this, like, oh, I'm better at making games than I was yeah, <laughs> before yeah. I did it professionally for 15 years. Yeah. So, it was fun though. That's I would, rad. I would like to do it again. Maybe not in exactly the same way. 
I would like to do a. I would like to find other people making quick basic games and and organize some kind of a jam. Listener, are you making <clears throat> quick basic games? Zach wants to jam with you. Yeah, I do. You could do the uh, slow and complicated quick basic game jam. Okay. Yeah. QB64 is a good product. They were super helpful. To, like somebody hooked us up on Twitter and they just immediately were like, he just, the guy who uh, operates that project was just like instantly answering questions that I had on the forums. So I was able to just like get, get a build of it made in like no time at all. That's great. I still, it's getting it working on a Mac is super weird. And so I don't, I still don't know how to actually package it for a Mac, but. You know, it's okay. I, I went through the process of like figuring out how to make a Mac build for Nectar Vector, which is built in Love 2D, which is a open source Lua engine. And you just like put it in a zip file and then rename it. And it wakes me up. And then that's out. just a Mac install. And then that's it, yeah. just a program. Because a lot it's of the time weird. when you install uh-huh. software on a Mac, you it's just like a disk image, right? Like, yeah. And you, dra- you drag it. The installer just like creates this little thing that's just a view on Finder that encourages you to drag that icon into your applications folder and then it like Spotlight knows where it is and I Macs really go out of their way to prevent you from understanding what the fuck is going on with a computer. That's true. <laughs> yep. But under the guise of making it easy to use, which I guess it is. I I honestly, I mean, this is not just me hopefully being like a PC jerk, but I actively find it hard to navigate like the Mac, oh, Mac yeah. OS. Like trying to do anything, like copying a file from one place to another on a Mac. Like the way that I would always do that on a PC is just by right click and dragging, but like can't do that because only one goddamn mouse button. Well, I mean, <laughs> if you're ridiculous and didn't go and get a two button mouse. Yeah. Well, no, or if you're using a <laughs> laptop. Oh, like that. Well, okay, that's even you can't, worse, I guess. On a laptop, you can't, you, I don't know how you do it. Yeah, you can't right-click and drag on a touchpad. I mean, I know how you. I know how you copy a file. I don't know how you do a right-click on the touchpad. You, you just click with two hands, two hands at once. Yeah, <laughs> control click is right-click. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess you could right-click drag then. But who knows if it even does anything, man? Not me. Yeah, that's for, for sure. For uh, for. For copying specifically, you just uh, hold down option while you drag something to somewhere else, and it mm. copies. No. What have you been up to, Riff? Um, I well, speaking of uh, speaking of game jams and related things, I started uh, participating in a game jam that is being run uh, by our friends Jenny and Ryan, uh, not the the Ryan Ike that did the music for West of Loathing, but Ryan Veter the uh, interactive fiction guy uh, who is Jenny's co-host on their uh, Clash of the Type-Ins podcast. Um, I guess it's the, I forget what number, I think maybe like the 20th anniversary of the interactive fiction game Anchorhead. Uh, so they're doing sort of, they've organized the sort of game jam thing uh, where they recruited like a ridiculous ton of people, like 80 odd people, uh, to each do, to each do a single room of an anchorhead, uh, tribute game. So like everybody has a single room in the manor or, or in the outlying town, uh, to do. And, uh, Ryan and Jenny are handling all of the, like, 
implementing all of these different rooms into a single interactive fiction game and assigning things like because they have like a, a puzzle through line for it so they're saying to ver- to like the guy who's doing this room over here they say like okay we need your room to have a step ladder in it and that can either just be sitting there or it can be something that is released b- as a puzzle in your by a puzzle in your room uh or, that or, sounds uh, really cool, and also like you would need like a cork board with strings. Yeah, I have I have no idea how they're it. organizing it because it's nuts, and because not only is it is it nuts just in terms of that, but they've they've also like um, like they're they're co- they're managing it in uh, Inform Seven, which is a but you know popular interactive fiction uh, authoring environment or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but they they're they've allowed uh, I guess entries uh, you know people joining in who don't know in form seven and and they're accepting just like send us a a, a design document that's just as detailed as you can possibly make it and we'll implement it for you and they sent out like a a text file that Jenny wrote that's like okay here's Here's what you need to know about how Inform 7 works so that you can write a design document for us that will cause us the <laughs> least amount of pain when trying to implement your stuff. So, man, so like it's I think it's two in it two more weeks is the deadline for entries. I have absolutely no idea when the finished product will be available for anyone to play because it it seems like uh uh, a nice Sisyphean task to actually assemble all of this, but uh, but it's it's fun to write. I I remember just enough of how Inform Seven works that I can write uh, pseudocode that looks basically like Inform Seven, but that I can virtually guarantee will not compile. <laughs> So that so that it is both useless and also basically unreadable <laughs> as a design document. Oh, so, the holy grail. Yeah. <laughs> that's what everybody wants, right? Um so that'll the, be uh, interesting. I, I am also uh doing one of the rooms in that. Oh, and nice. I kind of stu- started on mine in earnest today, and I just I kind of looked at this as like an opportunity to learn how some inform seven works. Uh and some some common mistake that I make, which is I've I finally traced it to using a, a comma instead of a colon in describing like something okay. yeah. causes the error message to constantly talk about this pirate named uh black in quotes Jacques Bernoulli. <laughs> what? Uh, because it I don't remember it, that at all. So the the error is causing it to think that something in quotes is the name of a thing that has quotes in it, as opposed to like, you know, because y- you can you can say things like, you know, understand quote fart to mean breaking the egg or something right you know uh-huh. like there there's a bunch of things where you just are talking to inform in natural language and like doing something like this is another name for this thing you can do it in a way that it thinks that the entire rest of the line of code is the name of an object and that's why it does that blackjack bernoulli thing and that's never the problem, right? The problem is always that I've used a comma instead of a colon in trying to establish some sort of rule for handling something. But I I feel way more like there's a slack associated with this project. And like 
Andrew Plotkin is in there just answering any question that anybody asks about Inform 7, yep. like instantly. So it's, it's been, it's been cool, uh, to, to be able to just like immediately get help on this stuff. Mm-hmm. I am seeing everybody else talk about the just like crazy horse shit they're putting in their rooms has made me want to design a relatively simple puzzle uh, for mine. So I, I, I have think... kind of avoided going into the slack for just that reason. So it'll be mm-hmm. interesting for me to see what ridiculous horseshit everyone else has come up with compared to my ridiculous horseshit. They're not spoiling what they're doing. They're just doing things like, all right, so in my room, it's going to be switching back and forth between present tense and past tense. And I want to make sure that I do that in a way that like doesn't fuck up the game for everybody else. Oh no, poor Jenny and Ryan. Man, like, you know, for the, for the ones that are in the like item puzzle chain, you got to specify like what the input item was for your puzzle. And I was just like, how about a, um, like a key, <laughs> just a, like, just a, like a little key that says this probably unlocks a cabinet. So when you get to the place where the cabinet is, you know, that <laughs> you put the key in you the cabinet, the, yeah, you unlock the key with the cabinet. Yeah. Which is also like put, coding that puzzle in inform seven is like four words, yeah. which is great. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Form there's more. Seven there's... is really great to use in some ways. Like if you're doing something very straightforward, it's so smooth and nice. But if you, the moment you want anything a little bit complex, it becomes very arcane. <laughs> yeah, it's it's even for some of the basic stuff, it's pretty finicky. Hmm. Uh, like, and there's and all of the documentation about it seems to imply that you're wanting to do arcane crazy bullshit instead of like it took me a really long time to figure out how to just make a chair that when you sat in the chair, it said you sit in the chair as opposed to you are now on the chair, <laughs> right? Like just something like that. Like, yeah. and it just was, I don't know. Everybody knows like this community of people has been using this stuff for years and years and years. And there's all these examples, but all of the examples are complicated shit. There's hardly any <laughs> examples of like, here's how to just like have a box that you can open and put stuff in or whatever. Put a button in uh, a place. Yeah. I, was, I do really like this like video game as quilt though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which like, I, I just really enjoy that. It'll it's be a, interesting. A cool I, and unique thing. I asked Jenny the other day that like, so, like, if you've got this quest chain where you're taking, like, one item from a room and using it in another room, is there going to be any way to disambiguate those particular objects from all the other objects in every room that have no possible use in any other room? <laughs> and she was like, mm, well, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I'm putting nothing in my room that the player can pick up. Oh, really? Which, which, you know, that means that the puzzle is necessarily simpler, mm. but like, I just don't want to contribute to the, like, I don't want to make this game confuse, more confusing in the way that I am afraid it is going to right, be deeply, yeah. deeply <laughs> confusing to a player. Because also, like, it, IF is pretty linear, right? So, like, Everyone is just going to get stuck on whatever the first really bullshit hard puzzle is. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Spoilers. Although Anchorhead is is fairly... The the actual progression through it is is pretty linear, but you can go almost everywhere yeah, to begin that's with. True. It's it's um, That's a good game. It, it I don't know that I agree with the IF community that it's, like, maybe the best IF game ever made. Because yeah. I still think it has a lot of, like... 
just like a bunch of stuff where it's like, well, I fucking never would have figured that out in a million years that that was the thing yeah. that I was supposed to do next. And as 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 games as IF games are rated nowadays, it would be considered cruel in that you can you can lose without knowing that you've lost until it's too late to do anything about it and things like yeah, that. Yeah. That's a good like in this project you're allowed to kill the player but not in such a way that a single undo won't yeah. undo it yeah. which is great like mm. th- because that way you can write goofy deaths um in a space quest style yeah have you been playing anything riff mm-hmm. in the last three weeks mm-hmm. you okay you, you asked me that just as i took a big drink of water sorry uh, <laughs> um yeah i um I bought a new uh, Game Boy off Etsy, like an old school, like the original model uh, Game Boy, except with like a new LCD screen and and backlight, and looks oh, really nice. nice. And That's good. so, how I, much did that cost? Uh, you know, I can't tell you off the top of my head, but I can tell you that the 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 shop on Etsy was called Doctor Game Boy PhD. Okay. <laughs> and he he was real he was real cool and helpful. Um but uh the uh, and I to go with it but, I But still a boy. Is it like Doogie Hauser? Is, <laughs> is that how that works? Oh, possibly. <laughs> um but I also got like Etsy also has like a large burgeoning market of bootleg Game Boy cartridges. Um, of either like games that are so rare it would cost you hundreds of dollars to buy a real copy of it, like, uh, like the original Game Boy Color, uh, Shantae game, and also Game Boy cartridges with a, uh, fan translation of a Japanese game, um, burned into the oh, cartridge. Yeah, you were talking about Gargoyles Quest 2. Yeah, Gargoyles Quest 2 is, I, I got one of those. Um, it's real hard. It's like cold hard. <laughs> it's mean. Uh, so I, I don't know the if I'm going to end the, up being able to finish it. But the, the first, first one, one, the I first love. one was yeah, and it, I remember it being tricky, but like not super unfair. The 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 um, I don't I don't remember how whether I don't remember how the first one compared to the second one in this regard. But the problem I'm having is that um. Uh, that you can only that like it's password based saves and you can only get a password at like every other town. And when you run out of lives and have to continue, it puts you back to where your password w- was, which might've been like a lot of travel through very wow. difficult screens. Um, but uh the probably the most notable I, I played man, I got a bunch of these. Uh, actually I think this one I'm holding in my hand that you can't see. Uh I think this is a yeah, this is a legitimate cartridge because it says Nintendo Game Boy across the top instead of just saying game. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but uh um one of uh Shigeru Miyamoto's uh early Game Boy games, Mole Mania, which is pretty good. It's like a uh, like a Sokoban, except it's because you're, you play a mole. So it has an overground layer and an underground layer that might have separate walls. So you have to move in between them. 
and then mm. and then when you move in between them that makes a hole in the in the floor in the upper layer so that might affect like how you can move some things if you put a hole in the wrong place that's clever yeah it's interesting um and the but the most notable one i got was a fan translation of a game called for the frog the bell tolls huh. yeah uh, which is yeah. a what? weird yeah it's a weird fairy tale game um, it, it's the game made by the, I think, I'm pretty sure the same team that made Link's Awakening. It's the game they made before Link's Awakening in the engine they used to eventually make Link's Awakening. So it, it's, um, it's sort of like an, it alternates between the sort of like top down overland Zelda view but all the dungeons are like side scrolling like if you remember in Link's Awakening how sometimes in a dungeon you'd go you go down a ladder and suddenly it would be a side scrolling area um, oh yeah and you could actually jump because yeah, of that feather so, exactly yeah. yeah and that that would, I'm assuming in this one you can jump because you're a frog <laughs> well in this one you're a prince who eventually gets uh saddled by a couple of different witch curses so that you can transform into a frog or a snake as, as, that doesn't seem as like well a curse. as being that, a, a prince. That seems like a boon if it is at will. It's not exactly at will. <laughs> it's like do you, if you normally you're a prince, if you fall into water, you turn into a frog. Or if you eat a snake egg, you turn into a snake. And then, uh, which I do accidentally all the time. Yeah, exactly. And before then, or after midnight. Yeah, <laughs> and and, and uh, well, curiously, actually, it's specifically like a hard-boiled snake egg, and you can get those by killing snakes. So these snakes are carrying around hard-boiled snake eggs for some reason, I guess. Or maybe their bodies are boiling on the inside. Oh, that's <laughs> true. With the rage they feel. Um, about you having killed them? Yeah, that, yeah, huh, exactly. Oh. And then the way you turn Flash back... boiled eggs. The, the way you turn in, back into a prince is either by getting killed <laughs> or by eating a poison apple, which you can buy in shops and carry around in a stack of up to, like, 99. <laughs> it, this is, like, really not a good curse. Are you yeah. a frog? Are you a frog that's big enough to eat a whole apple? Apparently so, I guess, yeah. Okay. Where do you keep them, them apples? <laughs> I'm just, you know, your frog pocket. <laughs> uh, Gross. So I still kind of feel like this is not a curse because I don't f ever fall in water, right? Like, I don't remember the last time I fell into water. Hmm. I mean, I, I imagine getting in, like, submerging yourself in water in any capacity would qualify. Right? I mean, so, like, would you turn into a frog if you game. went to take a shower? Maybe. I mean, maybe it's, maybe princes are just way more prone counter. to fall down wells than regular people. <laughs> hmm. Is that where most of your falling into water happens? Frequently, yeah. That's like the, the two or three major places, yeah. But, but there, you jump it, right? Ways. You go, you jump in on purpose so that you can be a frog and play fun frog games, right? Like, yes, frequently. 
Yeah, this is not a curse. This is a, <laughs> this is a superpower, right? Like that's there's not. I mean, I'm, it's a curse in the sense that you got it by a witch cursing you. I don't I don't know if it's. I mean, maybe it wasn't a very good. Could have curse. been a good witch. Maybe it was an off day for her, and she accidentally cursed you with something cool. Hmm. Or maybe she's just a cool witch. <laughs> so, uh, this witch put a curse on me, and now my dick is way longer. That's cool. <laughs> huh. cool, cool witch. <laughs> That'd be a good name for like an ice cream sandwich. Cool witch. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hot itch. I feel like cool that witch. exists. Yeah. Or I'm just thinking of cool whip. Which Got a is hot similar. itch. Try a cool whip. Try a cool witch. <laughs> I like cool whip. Do you like cool whip? No. What? What? Cool whip's good. It's- who doesn't like Cool Whip? A lot of people don't like Cool Whip. You don't like Cool Whip, <laughs> I'm not do you? A big fan. Yeah. What? Do you like Ready Whip? I don't think. I don't know. I don't think that, I know the difference. That's the like. It's just like the can of whipped cream. Yeah, that's like the aerosol whipped cream. Okay. I mean, something about it being aerosol makes it closer in texture to like the genuine article. I feel like. Hmm. I also just like in my house growing up, we had like cans of whipped cream and not cool whip mm. yeah we just and had no other food we had yeah. cool yeah our yeah. fridge is weird yeah <laughs> just but on the bright side you had all the nitrous spaghetti. oxide you could inhale yeah, it's like a snoop dog video except just cans of cool whip <laughs> yeah. Yeah. no sorry ready whip fuck yeah cool whip wasn't cool whip comes in a tub yeah it comes in yeah like a margarine my overnight camp did have a song about it though okay how did it go cool and creamy cool and cool and creamy it. That's the whole song. Wow. How did you know it was about Cool Whip? Because <laughs> there was like an act associated with the song where two people would have a tub of Cool Whip and just be like getting really messy with it. I went to a weird camp. So it was sort of like Alouetta. It was just the first couple bars of Alouetta, yeah, except it was cool and creamy instead of Alouetta. Cool whip fied. Yeah. Okay. I but could you could you do it with or about anything that was cool and creamy? Uh, not according to the tradition, but okay. I mean, in well, the tradition privacy of important. your own home, right? I would describe myself as cool, but not creamy. Mm, yeah. <laughs> would you say you are whip smart? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that counts. Creamy is a kind of smart. <laughs> I'm just, sorry, sorry, cre- oh, sorry. I, that, that throws an error about uh, black jock. Uh, <laughs> Black Jacques Bernoulli. I, what I meant was <laughs> understand creamy to mean smart. Jesus. Um, so just Game Boy games. Uh, I mean, not that that doesn't not that that doesn't sound awesome. Like, yeah, it was pretty cool. I think um, I pl- the only other thing I can think of off the top of my head that I played that wasn't a Game Boy game was the newest game in the Rusty Lake series on iPad. Mm. Um, I've forgotten what the subtitle is, and I haven't finished it yet, so I don't know if I have a lot to say about it. Even after I've finished it, I'm not sure I'll have a lot to say about it, because I'm pretty sure I already talked about the first two or three of them, and it's not a whole lot different. It's just different weird things that happen in it. You've got a formula that's working. Just, just yeah. iterate and repeat. Uh, I, I played a, a very weird and pretty bad, uh, phone game called Nightmarish Spawns. 
Nightmarish um, swans? Spawns. Oh. I, I don't know how... Like, I don't know t- Todd McFarlane's. I don't know how I heard about this. I, d- I like. I do not know why I got this game. It was free, and then there was like a two ninety nine expansion, which I bought just to see if it got any weirder. So <laughs> it is. It is at its heart a game about uh, it, where it's like you're going through a dungeon and you are collecting items and then fighting monsters, and the way that you fight monsters is through. A like quasi interesting and satisfying puzzle game mechanic where you have a five by five grid of different colored squares and you attack by tracing adjacent squares of the same color. But when you when you make a match, gravity kicks in and it falls, but it only respawns like half as many uh, things as you used or maybe like two thirds as many as you used. And then you can rotate the entire board and cause gravity to fall and rearrange the board yeah. in the gaps. And, like, you can just keep doing it forever. So that actually makes it pretty tedious if you've got the board in a pattern where it's, like, very slightly changing the configuration every time you do it. Right, you can it's just one rotate of those, like, it. sliding puzzles. Yeah, almost. like, you can just rotate it a hundred times until four of the things line up, and that is, right. like, not fun. So you... The first level is called Ravenless Town, which is... A weird is, name. Is that for, notable? Like ha- uh, having played other levels, is it notable that it's Raven? Well, it's the first town, so I don't know. Like, okay. th- like we get the the second level is called the Nevermore. I, I, I went through the what I will now describe as the arduous process of getting to the second level because I wanted to know what it was called. It's called the Unkept Keep. Uh, <laughs> this game. It seems like it was written by people who English is not their first language. There's a bunch of grammatical errors and stuff. It has extremely high production values, but it feels like it was designed by a machine. Like, in terms of the way the game is structured and plays, it feels like somebody fed a bunch of, like, really polished free-to-play iOS games into a neural net, and then it produced this thing, which is kind of like a game. Uh, You... You get item like you open a chest and it's like there's a knife and it's like always the same knife until you've gotten enough of them that it starts becoming a, a different knife and all it's doing is adding to your attack stat. It's the wizard staff or, knife. Yeah, 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 yeah. You together. just keep taping knives together until now this knife has a <laughs> now this knife has like a plus on it, like drawn on. The art is really nice. It's like really nice, like hand drawn stuff. Every time you are going into a new room, you um you get. This kind of Marauder's Map style top-down thing where some footprints are leading to a really nicely drawn dungeon map room, but it means nothing. It's just like a delay until you hit the button to do whatever's in the room, which is always either fight a monster or uh, or get one of these treasure chests with one of these things. There is a meter. You level up over time, which increases your stats, I guess, or something. The, the way that gameplay works is the monster has hit points and you have hit points, and if you match three blocks it does some damage to both of you if you match two it does more to you and less to it if you do one it just damages you but if you do four or more then all you're doing is damaging the monster so you're just like basically trying to be good at the puzzle matching game which is also fine Hmm. you level up i'm not entirely sure what leveling up is i assume it's just like you get more arms and then you have like arm plus yeah yeah you uh sure the you there's also this red line going across the top of the screen which is apparently the, you, the your progress through the level to get to the next like this is how much of Ravenless Town you've explored. Losing doesn't really do anything, I don't think, except make it so the next 
few times you do a room, the meter doesn't fill up. So I had to go through like 65 fights to get to the Gosh. second level. So losing just makes you grind more? Yeah, basically? I think so. I th- it okay. might send you back, but it doesn't send the meter back. Mm. I think it just like it sets your progress to a little bit behind the meter, which is confusing. Yeah. The, the names of the monsters. So you start out fighting a monster that looks like a little like a gumdrop with arms and legs and a frowny face. And it's called baffled Buffy Burt. <laughs> and then yeah. th- the next monster that you fight is Menacing. called insecure bitter, <laughs> <laughs> which I like it's maybe, maybe, my- maybe you are playing the first full video game that like an AI. That's what it feels see. like. It's like, it, uh, it, or, that or is the, the like, only explanation just, I will accept for the first town not being the Ravenless Haven. Okay, yeah. I like. I really want to know what the rest of the writing is in this game because it's not because it's good, but because it's just so fucking weird. Like it gives you there's there's a set of things that it tells you are happening like between encounters, and one of them is like you spend a few moments hiding in the remains of a cow. <laughs> like whoa, what is this game? Just a few again? moments though. <laughs> Um, nightmarish spawns. Okay. It's, I would not recommend, I mean, you see a lot more content if you buy the expansion, but I don't exactly know, like, it, just more monsters become available. I don't think it actually significantly changes anything. The, so the next monster is called Tooth Fairy, and it's just like a thing with big teeth. And then Aishna Plakos, then Toad Squid, <laughs> which that, I mean, Toad Squid, like, just whatever, that's like a, a normal thing. Then there's this kind of monkey-looking thing called Mzee-meh. And then Blurpy. This is getting more and more bizarre. Karma Chameleon, but it's spelled C-A-R-M-A Chameleon. Futile is it a rep- car? Futile Reptile. Futile Reptile. And then Gripper Griper. Uh, and then I've only gotten to one monster in the Unkept Keep, but that is the Loutish Crabby, which is just like a crab. Um... Yeah, it's super fucking weird, and I like. I kept playing it because it was so weird, but it's 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 bad overall. But it's like it's so weirdly constructed, like that everything about it looks really nice, and then it just makes no sense. The gameplay just makes no sense. Uh, very weird thing. How did you find? This? I don't remember. Okay. Like I, it, I came in like a dream. It, it's, yeah, it just appeared on my phone. Like my phone went into some sort of fugue state. You know how every once in a while your iPhone will just like stop responding and it's just like kind of locked up and weird until you turn it off. Maybe that happened. And yeah. when, when you, my phone came turn, back you on, you power and had this cycled game it, and then it, every yeah. app was nightmarish spawn. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. If I just open it up again and there's two copies of nightmarish spawns installed, and God, each, that would be really good. Actually, each of their like, sure, are, surely Apple would not allow you to do that, but like. Because that's just the behavior of a virus. Yeah, but that is that is definitely nightmarish spawn. Yeah, but I also oh. we were, when we were in a puzzle room recently, and we were trying super hard to figure out how to get past this 
screen somebody had used a phone as like an element in the, in the oh, room escape yeah. and we were just stymied and you were like i'm just gonna ask for a hint guys and we're like fine and the the operator of the room comes in and he's like oh uh sorry this is oh this yeah phone yeah. just locked so you <laughs> yeah were, it was you were we, to we had not even booting into the right application yeah they had a override yeah we, we had solved the puzzle and the puzzle <laughs> yielded a four digit code but the phone required a six. a six digit code to unlock because it wasn't running the app that was a fake phone unlock Locker, it right. was just locked and it was locked with a six digit code which why wouldn't you just lock that phone with a four digit code and have it be the the right one right but i mean it was it was otherwise a very good room escape sure um it was the escape from the startup yep it was very maximally san francisco and yeah. very cleverly themed yeah like, yeah it, like it was it was pretty like you start out in a garage and the first puzzle you solve represents you like getting your funding. And so that then a door opens that leads into a big tech company office. Like that was pretty fucking clever. Yeah, that um, was good. I also played uh, like I feel like for the most part, what I've been playing for the last three weeks is like the Slay the Spire daily challenge every day and a bunch of Hearthstone and a bunch of Cinco Paus and just like between like moving boxes of shit around. But uh, the backer beta for the Bard's Tale, the kickstarted mm. Bard's Tale uh, 4 game came out. It is the first thing that I have ever seen that is a modernization of the kind of wizardry style game where it is a first person game where you represent a party of people. It is that. It's first person. It's like free look and free like open 3D environments that are like nice and, you know, made of nice 3D assets. They are... If you turn around fast enough, do you see the rest of your party? <laughs> you don't. They are kind of maze-like, but not in a not on a fixed grid. Like they're just... It's, it's not... Like the town is really just the streets, you know, and some doors that take you to dialogue trees and little cutscenes and stuff. But then when you get into combat, which... There are things like just moving around and you can like sneak past them and not get into combat. When you do get into combat, it starts a just it's a turn instinct, based. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a turn based grid based combat where all of your party members are in this grid on the bottom and your attacks are things like do damage to like the entire front column of enemies here. And so it's just like. It's it's just it's it's like a game with modern production sensibilities, but the gameplay style of like. I mean, not even like the Might and Magic games that I liked so much where the monsters were actually out in the world and the turn-based combat was you like, you know, you were able to shoot arrows at them from a distance and or cast spells until they until they closed on you a turn at a time. Like it's more like like Paper Mario, I guess, where mm. you can avoid enemies in the world or you can like charge them if they're looking the other direction and then you get you win initiative. Mm. Like if they don't notice you you get you get close enough and you get a button to like basically win initiative like start a fight with this guy and win initiative and then like the other guys that are standing around him are in the fight when you do it so it's like oh i charged this guy around the corner and i didn't see that he was sitting with three other dudes and so now i'm fighting four dudes unexpectedly i don't know it seems pretty good hmm. um that sounds pretty cool yeah i played some more of hero you also and i know that i was very very down on it because of the D density and preponderance of and puns quality of the puns in it and this is me <laughs> saying this i i went back to after it after it actually launched i was like all right i should give this another chance and just not read everything and it is a way better game if you only if you just try to play 
a video game as opposed to like, I want to see all of the content that's in this. Like, I'm going to click on every sconce to see which of the 500 fucking sconce puns it gives me <laughs> when I click on the <laughs> sconce. Like, they make you look askance? Ah, uh, probably. Yeah. Bye. Um, <laughs> I'm gone forever now. Fuck. Do you, so <laughs> we, we saw... I saw this on the way in, and then uh, we saw it again while Seth and I were walking to lunch today. Uh, some very perplexing environmental <laughs> yes. storytelling oh, on the corner. Do you know did, what I'm talking about, Kevin? This, Kevin? There, in a pile strewn around one particular street corner was the bottom three inches of maybe 400 pairs of jeans. Yeah, like a lot. Like hundreds and hundreds of no. just cuffs. Like, just the, like, Hammond's part. Like, somebody was like, we got a whole shipment of jeans that are all three inches too long, so let's cut the ends off and, you know, rehem the jeans, but we do not have a trash can, so let's just throw these out the window wow, onto weird. the onto the corner of 16th and Valencia. So, <laughs> could, you, could you have, like, collected them all and sewn them together and made a free pair of jeans? Well... It wouldn't the, have, the like crotch and butt area would have gotten tricky, but you could have yeah, had all the legs you needed. The crotch and butt area are always kind of tricky. Yeah. But, yeah. The, yeah, you could, I mean, in the, I think a person with enough skill and enough denim can make a pair of jeans, right? Like, and the, <laughs> there is enough denim here. I guess you also need like a button. And also probably like a, a zipper, like really heavy duty washing machine. Oh yeah, <laughs> certainly that. Like, because like if they didn't, if they didn't get shit on them when they dropped them there, they definitely got shit on the other side of them later when someone shit on them. Like, oh, that looks like a soft place to shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so really, it's like a when walking a home, pants I'm, cuff sandwich with shit bread. I'm I'm also I'm often looking for a place to shit just on the street because 16th and Valencia, right yeah. there, plenty of denim. Yeah, as you're walking your between two perfectly acceptable indoor places to shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm guessing it's not. It's not folks like you. It's not the gentrifiers, oh, probably Kevin, not. that are shitting on the piles of denim. <laughs> well, it's important to shit on it before it shits on you. That's true. It's true. Uh, it's the first thing I learned about denim. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why do you think it's always pants? A lot of yeah. I would argue that one of the things that is the most frequently shat on, other than a toilet, is pants. Right? Like yeah. <laughs> so hmm. You think they'd make it more shit resistant? I mean, like diapers exist. <laughs> yeah, you could be wearing one right now if you wanted. Hypothetically, sure. Mm-hmm. Could be, definitely, definitely not. <laughs> and they make slim ones that don't really affect your the line of your dress. Um, they also only sell adult size ones in packs of like eighteen. I figured out when I dressed up as Tommy Pickles from Rugrats. Okay. <laughs> So then I had like eight, 16 extra diapers you, that I didn't have a use for. You used to be able to just call uh, Depends at an 800 number and get a free sample of Depends sent to <laughs> any anyone at any address you wanted. And with, with I like, know this, like I know this because we did it a lot. <laughs> it's Good. It, Help! I, I pooped them. I don't <laughs> I don't know how. I don't know how I found out about that, but boy, we did it a lot. <laughs> Just everyone we knew and every teacher that like anyone that we found out their address, which was to say 
anyone because you could just look in the phone book right, and there was anyone's that was, that address. Was a time in like, the world where like addresses were just the way to reach people, so they right. were on file. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, you could have done that. Maybe you could have gotten one in the eighties and kept it until. <laughs> Next time. Mm-hmm. We, we always used to, we would also just call Hooked on Phonics and ask them, like, dumber and dumber questions until they caught on that we were just fucking around. Like, and it, like, we would just do it on a kind of a conference call. Oh, and I mean, I like there was a period of time where I was like, I feel kind of guilty about all the stupid shit that I did calling 800 numbers. But then I bet some of those people like that was probably the funniest thing that happened to them that day. <laughs> yeah, at their shitty yeah. call center job answering questions for hooked on phonics. Like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what what'd you do with the other 11? Uh, there was there was another party later in the year <laughs> called an anything but closed party. Okay. So some more got used for that. I spread them <laughs> around to my the, friends. Like, 11, 11 dudes shitting themselves party. I mean, <laughs> you don't have to use the diaper. You need to RSVP because we only have 11 of these left. Oh it's either 11 or 23 dudes shitting themselves party. <laughs> but only I need to know ahead of time to know if I have to order another yeah. dozen of these. You're always going to have walk-ins. <laughs> <laughs> Some some freshman knocks on the door. Hey, you guys having a party? You want to put on a diaper? <laughs> then you can come in. Suddenly, you're a fraternity. I would, <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> like that. If I had walked, if I had walked into a dorm room, that I absolutely would have done it. In yeah, a, in, because as, when you're as in, as college, in college, you're desperate for beer. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I mean, like I am also in that boat. I would have been disappointed if there weren't any a girls there. Boat. And let's face it, there would absolutely not have been <laughs> any girls there, right? Like, <laughs> but still. Uh, what have you been playing, Seth? Uh, mostly research stuff that I can't really talk about, but a thing that I can talk about, uh, I've been playing with, uh, William Cheer wrote up a while ago, uh, a blog post on this, uh, process that he's developed in, in, conversation with a few other developers uh well he he's the guy making manifold garden garden if you've heard of that um but he's he had wrote up this thing about using a midi controller to tune things yeah so you rig up a like you know bunch of knobs and sliders to various values in your tuning file for your video game and then instead of having to like in Unity, manually click into a bunch of text fields and change numbers and it being like this fiddly thing where you have to like be moving your hands away from your main control scheme and that kind of thing. You can just twiddle knobs and sliders to get weird values that are probably more correct than the round numbers your brain would want to input anyway. Um, so that's been really cool. And I recommend looking into that if that seems like a thing that you, listener, might be interested in doing for a video game you're hypothetically making. Or anything really like our, our programmer, you know, he he fiddles with shaders and stuff in his free time, and he rigged it up for that, and just like plays with it in a way more flexible and fun way because you can be tuning multiple variables at once, and it's fluid, and yeah, it's That's cool. It's cool. Yeah, Ben Burbank did some of that for oh yeah, Firewatch. For, for Firewatch. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, it it seems like it's a practice that's kind of like slowly spreading. Uh, but it's it's a way that I'm really enjoying working. Right on. What does the MIDI controller look like? Uh, it's just so the one I use is the Korg Nano Control 
2, I think it's called. And it's just like a 12 inch by 3 or 4 inch tall, like black plastic board with a bunch of knobs on the front, on the, on the top row, and then a bunch of sliders on the bottom row. Hmm. Um, and then like a few utility keys and. And do you just like plug it in as a USB yep. controller and then you can just tell Unity hook this, uh, hook you, this there, parameter up to this control or? It's not quite that simple. Like there's a, there's an external package you have to get that like binds the, the MIDI controller input to Unity. Um, but it is freely available on like a, a Git repo and you can just download it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure it's linked from, from William's blog post. Hmm which I can send to you. Yeah, I'll link to it yeah. in the show notes yeah. for anybody who likes developing uh, shaders or, I mean, I guess you'd probably use it for like particle systems too. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. Or there's actually a game called Panoramical that uh, works with these kinds of MIDI controllers like as as the way to control the game hmm. that is really cool. It would be fun for Mew Cartographer, I bet. Oh, yeah, mm. totally. If there, was a, if there was a mapping for that. Yep. I'm sure you could, I mean, like, it's just input. You could, like... I'm sure make some third party mapping if it doesn't work out of the box. Well, just have Johnny Five come over and yeah, <laughs> play with it. <laughs> I what? Why Johnny uh, Five? Yeah, I don't input. Wow, right, that classic line from Short Circuit you don't that no one that? but you remembers. The only thing I remember about that movie is when Los Locos are chanting about kicking your ass. Wow. wow. Okay. Uh-huh. Cle- all I Clearly we all have no, different, different no memories disassemble. of this movie. No disassemble, Stephanie. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's all the, I remember. That's yeah, the one. No disassemble yeah. and number five is alive. Okay. Yeah. Well, huh. now you remember another. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'm watching Short Circuit tonight. That was what, <laughs> who was that? That it was a Twitter thread that was going around. Ah, fuck's sake! I, you know, I like something that has really been bothering me about my Twitter feed lately is the fact that even though I do not give a fuck about Elon Musk, I think <laughs> about him probably forty times a fucking day now, and it is driving me up the goddamn wall. <laughs> That's fair. I think I need to get off Twitter, which sucks because I love Twitter. Have like, you, they're still such good... You could just good block... Yeah, m- yeah just, like mute terms just, Yeah, definitely mute I, the name Elon Musk. I, That's I can't, th- because the, my Twitter client, which I refuse to stop using because it is great in oh, any right. other thing besides this, all it does is, like, collapse it. I can still see that the tweet is there. Oh, like, because I've got, oh, like... Yeah. Pretend I've that got, they're ads in your brain. Be like, oh, I'm not going to click on that ad. Like if I have some, it like I I will still see a shrunk down treat tweet if somebody like if somebody on my feed tweets and includes the fucking president, like people that you have blocked, people that you have muted, it just still shows up and it yeah. drives, maybe there's a way to change that. That setting. doesn't seem like what those words should mean. Yeah, yeah. Block and mute. Yep. Just make it enticing. Make it even more enticing. <laughs> yeah. There's a thing here that you're not looking at. Yeah, there's a mystery. Maybe this is finally a good one. <laughs> maybe the president finally said something super smart. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, um, but somebody was like the uh what is a what is a line or moment from a movie that doesn't get talked about that that you mm-hmm. like a lot and that was that was there was some neat stuff in there um, yeah that, that sounds enjoyable there's been a lot of uh there's been a lot of like those quote this and say a thing threads yeah, lately yeah. they're like those have gotten popular no it's, it's its own meme that's good it's a way to it's a way to get famous just by asking a question. Famous, <laughs> like the kind of famous you get if you get thousands of retweets on a question about 
What's something about your balls that people think they understand, but they don't? <laughs> hmm. That's a pretty good one. Please check out my SoundCloud. <laughs> they actually smell good. <laughs> check out my SoundCloud. <laughs> check out my stench cloud. Okay. I have to tell you, <laughs> I have to tell you a horrifying thing that Victor, the West of Loathing programmer, uh, told us today. Oh, yeah. He, Jesus Christ. His house has the kind of moths in it that eat clothes oh god and he to combat this and this is a thing that he has done before he what he said was oh good my box of wasps arrived no like definitely (laughs) not it's a box of wasps right and it took us it took us a long time to get him to explain they're too small to sting you like they are yeah, they like are things that that size. Yeah, they are gnat size wasps that like you can barely see them, and all they do is seek out this particular kind of moth and go and eat it and eat its eggs. I hate that a lot. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> yep. Like they may be small now, but there's a box of them. They're gonna get bigger. Maybe they're they don't. Get, even I, if they don't, they're gonna get everywhere. Yeah, they're gonna yeah. get in your mouth. Your whole house is wasps now. You live in wasps. Yep. <laughs> I hate that. Ugh. You know, as gene editing gets to be more and more of a thing, there are just going to be specific purpose. That's vermin. why all those cuffs were on the Ver- sidewalk. Vermin. <laughs> 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 it's very, very specifically bred clothes-eating moths. No, <laughs> they were gene they- editing. <laughs> oh, good. Very oh, yeah. good. Yes. <laughs> very, very good. Uh, so you've been playing sh- Shader Tweaker? I've, I've been 2000? playing that was Nobby the... Turney. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. A and Rocket bunch League. Of, I, Rocket oh. League and PUBG still. Uh, and then a bunch of stuff that I will decline to talk about. Okay. Uh, because it would be spoilers. Yes. Night Trap. Um, Custer's Revenge. Oh, I'm just gonna say yes to anything. <laughs> I know. You said. I know. Yeah. <laughs> just keep listing stuff. Yeah. Um, because that's what this video game is now. <laughs> Zach's our new creative director via podcast. M- yeah. Mood setter. Yeah. This the. <laughs> yeah. Our mood board is just every Leisure Suit Larry game. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, man, I spent a bunch more time like going through old PC game boxes and pulling out the discs and manuals and like covers and throwing away the cardboard inside them so that I could compress them down to fewer crates to bury in my attic. <laughs> what have you been playing, Kevin? Uh, a bunch of stuff. Uh, I finished the Dragon Quest Builders. Um, Did you like 100% it? Uh, close to it, I Kill think. all the dragons. Uh, I did kill all the dragons. There were different challenges on every level, uh, so that just the dragons were only on that first level. Um, the fourth act was was weird. It, it's fairly different than the other three. Like the first three are kind of formulaic. It's like build this town, go out and defeat some monsters. Then there's a sort of a, a boss fight at your town at the end of the at the end of the like act, mm-hmm. and the last one. Uh, has a fair like a pretty significantly different structure. Um, you're like rebuilding an old town that um, had decayed significantly, but it, the 
they spend a lot less time on that and a lot you spend a lot more time sort of out questing and out in the world uh and it became less of a building like a game about building and more of a game about like doing stuff and finding people going in castles and fighting monsters yeah yeah um and then i just recently started playing horizon zero dawn oh nice uh yeah it is the first i feel like they they kind of screwed up uh with their like tutorialization stuff because like the very beginning of the game it drops you into sort of a i don't know like a facility and you're wandering around and it's it has the sort of feeling of like what a like a deus ex game would be like where you're supposed to find all the like hidden areas and like secret passages and like secrets and stuff like that and so like that's kind of how i was playing it for the first half hour hour and i'm like there is just nothing here what what is going on and then i finally found some stuff that was like i could see but couldn't get to so i spent like a good half hour trying to figure like okay where's the secret passage what am i missing here and finally just gave up on it and sort of kept kept on going um and then and i was just i was not really not feeling into the game it was it was like setting itself up to be something and not being it and i was just confused and then uh after i after you leave that and the game actually starts unfolding it's like oh actually this is a game about running around a world and quickly killing a bunch of like robot dinosaurs right like and there's a little bit of plot stuff around it but that's it's mostly about the like beautiful scenery and cool and like open world open world action game stuff yeah very little of that stuff and as far as i can tell like almost no secrets um and you can actually go back to that thing and you can't get to that area until you're an adult like you you start at the game as like a six-year-old kid and then oh don't tell me too much story <laughs> okay it's i mean it's but i'm just potentially saving you this hassle where okay don't don't stress out about the fact that there are things that you can't get to in the tutorial uh, i see all right Which i was, is, I was it, kind I of could, i was kind of thinking next time i get it in my head i want to do like an extended let's play of a thing i was thinking i might play that but play it in french which i don't speak and just try and interpret the story and what the hell was going on <laughs> as best as i could <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah t- like that's kind of like the way tom francis played uh, Far Cry Primal, Primal because it's in this made-up caveman language, mm. ah. but he just played it with subtitles off. So, oh, nice. That's like, cool. All Especially because all I've heard that that game does a good job of like having somewhat distinct phonetics for the different tribes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that game that is really good, and no one played it except yeah. me and Tom. <laughs> like that is by far my favorite Far Cry game of all of them that I've ever played, and the one that I played. Like I actually did everything in it. Hmm. Uh, man, it was good. I wonder. I mean, I wonder if you'd like Horizon Zero Dawn. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, what What did you like about Primal, especially? Because there are definitely similarities to Horizon Zero Dawn. I don't know. It's, okay. It, like it's I, like because what I like is going into buildings and opening boxes that have stuff in them that I can then use to kill the people outside the next building so that I can go into that and get and like this didn't really have a ton of that like I mean you'd find tents with bags of stuff in them you know but it, there's not like a lot of structures in it you, right. you, there's like forts and stuff but there aren't like ancient ruins or any of the things that I it's normally like, like about a video yeah like way, it's yeah. like it's just a lot of a lot of nature and and yeah i don't know the the mechanics are really satisfying like throwing spears at stuff just felt way better than shooting stuff and you know it was more melee focused do you like bows 
I do. I okay. do like Bose. Like the Bose Acoustic Wave. Right. My Bose mm-hmm. noise-canceling headphones that I keep forgetting to take on airplanes. Those Bose speakers of yours that are in my garage. Right. They were scuffed up before he put them in the truck. He, he told me that. The mover did. Yeah. He didn't ruin your speakers, Kevin. That's fine. They were already ruined. They were ruined. This was <laughs> fucked up when we got here, Kevin. Uh, I also... I. Uh, I forget. No, yeah. So Zach, Zach had sent me a game on Steam. He said he just sent me a copy of a game, and it said "Buckle up, buckle up." Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wasn't sure if that was a default thing or if that was a. It's it is. It's you one, can, yeah, it's well, one it's of the one of the yeah, it's one of the sign offs. But then what you do is you just type "buckle up" double, into every field. You yeah. double down every tri- time you send somebody down. a gift on Steam. It's just "buckle up, buckle up, buckle up, buckle up, buckle up." Uh, and so that game was Prime Mover, which is. Very similar to a lot of the Zachtronics games um, in that it is a sort of set of tools and you're trying to build programs that do things. Um, but the the particular set of instructions that you have for this game is weird. Uh, and you have to go through a lot of convolutions to do. It's, it's, it's Turing complete. Like you can, this could be, you can make anything with it. Um, but it is kind of baffling is it turing complete is it can mm-hmm. you put you can make a nand gate can you put ics in other ics though you mm-hmm. don't uh, oh yeah it nests like all the way you, down yeah you have to nest a bunch huh okay it, like to a scary degree yeah wow okay. showing me a little bit of it yeah i didn't i didn't know you could do that because i i like not i didn't like wasn't saying that it wasn't turing complete because it didn't have the functionality but i just didn't know how big you could make a thing you arbitrarily large. infinitely big wow yeah yeah, yeah. this game it, my eyes just like went fucking huge when kevin <laughs> showed me this yeah it's it's weird it like it is tutorial 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 super really fucking hard, hard. like yeah. it is a like a hundred foot cliff difficulty curve yeah it's amazing it's 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 so weird and beautiful and the 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 like ui of the game is really like chunky and good it's in like 320 by 200 vga graphics basically yeah nice uh the actual like the actual ability to put stuff on the play field and stuff is is not as great as it could be like i feel like even the zactronics games the first time they come out are always a little clunky and then they get a bunch of tools to like make them better or whatever or there are a bunch of shortcuts that you can use that they don't tutorialize um, but I couldn't find any of that in, in prime mover. Um, but it's, I definitely recommend it. I, I have solved a bunch of the puzzles, but there are some that are just so hard that I, like, I just kind of, my head hurts after a while and I just put them away. Um, Zach and us a new game today. Yeah. 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 Uh, I was excited. Yeah. 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 Have either of you had a chance to like dip in at all or no. He told us about it at GDC, like what it was, and it sounded real good then. And I the didn't even know the tagline is wonderful. It's today. like write viruses, make zines, and something. Yep. Yeah. The year is 1989, I think. Yeah. 1990. It seems very 97. good. 97. Oh, whatever. It's great. Um, I was looking for something real sort of simple to play on the Switch, and I saw this. Uh, puzzle game called Hexologic, and it was like three dollars on the Switch. And I had it turns turns out when you buy games on the Switch, you get these like gold coins or whatever. Oh yeah, and you they you can just use that as cash. So I got this game for free 
from the switch. So you just like auto you you're kind of automatically enrolled in like a like a credit card rewards program. Yeah, program. Apparently, that's so weird. Weird, but and surprising, but cool. Is it just like what one percent or something? Like I don't. I I don't know. It's you get a certain number of coins when you purchase a thing, and it's more expensive games tend to give you more coins, but it's not consistent. I I don't know. Very weird. Anyway, I got this free, basically free game on the Switch, and it was pretty short. It was like maybe an hour or two. It was, uh, it's like a little hexagonal logic puzzle that's like a bunch of arithmetic, basically. It's like, how can you fit fit these numbers into this space, kind of? Mm. Uh, Short and sweet. It was good. Uh, And then... Uh, I played this game uh, by this new developer called The Encroach- Encroaching Gloom. Oh, uh huh. Uh, it was pretty good. Um, and then I've uh, I've been playing. You found some pretty serious bugs. I did find a couple yeah. of pretty, pretty <laughs> serious bugs. Uh, when, when, I, when I first played, I, I blew up a door so I couldn't leave the level, and then I was like, "Yeah, it wasn't resetting the high. Sc- it wasn't resetting your score when you started a new game, so you could your just, score just kept getting higher and higher. higher. Oh no, it's gonna yeah. be easy to set high scores. Exactly. Um. And then the only other sort of game that I've been spending any time with is a is an iOS uh, sort of incremental idle game uh, called Dungeon Inc., uh, which is your thematically you are you own like owning a dungeon and it, but running it like a business, and so it's uh, you know you've got a bunch of goblins and like the first room you open up is just the office, but then there's the room below that is like the copy room, and they are taking. In the office, they're taking bricks or like rocks and they're painting them gold. And that's like, that's how that is making money. And then in the second room, they're taking gold rocks and then putting them in photocopiers to make more gold rocks, which is <laughs> funny. Like, there's just a bunch of like stupid little humor things sort of as the background to this. Uh, and it's, it is just like all other sort of incremental and idle games, like a dumb game at its, at its sort of root core level but the 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 sort of balance and design and math of this one is really compelling to me for some reason there's a bunch of moving parts and there's a bunch of different ways that you can optimize stuff and i've been sort of regularly surprised at like new configurations of the sort of tools that they give you to sort of tackle the challenges that the game sort of keeps throwing at you Mm. um but yeah that's it's I, i it's empty at its heart, uh, which is kind of sad, but it's, it's still, I still enjoy the like puzzle of it trying to figure out, oh, okay, can I beat this sort of onslaught challenge? Oh, so, so you control a dungeon and then every so often, like a party of adventurers comes to, to perform an audit, uh, and you're trying to, you're trying to destroy them before they, uh, ransack the, the entire dungeon, um. And yeah, so you're, you're you've got. Are, are those audits like a different gameplay mode, or do they just kind of happen? They, they are. Just, you got to just tap real fast on okay. the guys as they're coming in, or then when you can, or, or your minions, you can put like monsters on each floor. And yeah, do things like increase the gold production, or make it so the room does more damage to the guys when they come in. And if you, but it's just like frantic tap. I, yeah, yeah, just kind of like super basic wave defense thing. Yeah, frantic tapping is definitely the like the best strategy, but you can also just have stronger monsters that defeat them. I just let them happen on me. Yeah. I I don't I man, I can't do it anymore. Like I I don't I don't understand why you like you are such a you are so like conservative about money and and stuff that I I do not understand what it is that leads you to 
want to spend your time messing with stuff like this on this. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's because it's so simple and like digestible. It's, it's like a nice break from the world, which is anything but simple and digestible. Sure. Um, Yeah. You can't, I mean, you're no Jimmy. You (laughs) cannot eat the whole world. That's true. (laughs) I mean, there's also definitely just like a psychological lizard brain level. Yeah. Oh, sure. To numbers going up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it's, I don't know. Like, I I just, I feel like that I've seen behind it at this point. And I just like, I'll play, I play, I downloaded this on your recommendation and I played it for 20 minutes and then just deleted it. I'm like, I just can't. We're, we're. You able to like play paper clips or universal paper clips rather yeah. to its completion? Yeah, 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 yeah. But that really goes out of its way to not be pointless. Yeah, sure. And sure. it has a, it has a definitive end, which is right, good. Right. A lot of these games don't. Well, yeah, no. Really. That's the thing. I like Space Plan. You know, it, it's not that the mindless clicking thing. It's just that like. I want them to be going somewhere the way that Candy Box was going right. somewhere, yeah. as opposed to yeah. just being infinite, expanding numbers. Like, like because once you've played one of those, you have played all yeah. of them, unless I, there's something to them. And and this one just seems so clearly that there's not. Oh no, there's definitely there's definitely stuff going on in in ways that I just hadn't haven't seen in other. That's I think that's why it was okay. interesting to me. Yeah. It's like because so as you get more of these sort of employees or whatever they they. You slot them into your dungeon and they have sort of multiple compounding impacts on each other. Mm. And that per- opens up a bunch of different possibilities. And there's a whole second game mode where it- it's actually PvP where you are raiding other people's dungeons. Okay. Um, and those are very interesting because people set up particular sort of defenses and you have a handful of options about like how you try to, to attack so, them. So it's the castle doctrine, a clicker. Kind of, yeah. Huh. It's uh, there's just there's just a bunch of things going on, and it's uh, I guess it's interesting. That other, the Ubisoft version of that, yeah. Castle Doctor makes me so angry. Really? Yeah. I wanted so badly to like it, but I could not even play it because of the decision. That, like, which I get. Like, if you design your house and then you get killed trying to test solve it just wipes everything out. Got to start over. And it's like, like okay. You, you, like nope. a single try? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, like when you die, you don't get to keep, you don't get to go back and edit the design. Like it's just gone. Ugh. And I don't understand why anyone is willing to play that game because of that. Because mm-hmm. I'm certainly not. I mean, I'll still buy everything that guy makes and then never yeah. play it because it's so just cruel. Mm. But like, yeah. So, uh, Kevin, you mentioned that, like, once you start to add enough employees into your corporation, they start to, like, interact with each other yeah. in different ways. Is there, like, a social sim element to that, or is it simpler no. than that? No, it's simple. It's simpler than that. It's just, uh, like... It's like you give a plus 10% gold to the floor above them or something, right? Like, kind of, yeah. It's like this This one heals all of, the, all of its coworkers uh, okay. periodically. This one um, pushes... Will push uh, enemies back anywhere in the in the dungeon so you can use them and in, in concert with a, a uh, an employee that like has an aoe in their room right so you like so the, the adventuring party will come into the room and then you, you like sort of force them to spend longer in there taking more damage where you have like a dps thing going exactly on, right yeah and so there's a bunch of strategies like and i just keep trying to think of like new ways to 
beat the sort of onslaught of enemies that get harder and harder. I mean, like the clicker plus tower defense seems like kind of enough that it would be interesting for at least a little while. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I am probably going to put it down in the next few days, but because I like I feel like I'm getting close to the sort of point where I'm not going to have any novel experiences with it. Yeah. But we'll see. I, I mean, I, I'm generally like more aligned with you, Zach, in terms of how I feel about clickers and incremental games. But like, you know, things like a dark room Mm. Uh, or potentially th- this game you're talking about, Dungeons Inc. Was it? Yeah. Uh, like do enough to like entertain me for a day, but then I usually kind of fall off once I have kind of wrapped my head around what right. the different thing presentationally that it's doing is. Okay. I forgot about another game that I played on the phone because I only installed it late last night and played it a little bit, but it is called Backflip Madness. Okay. Um. <laughs> And it's just, it is like a kind of uh, Philip Stolenmeyer style physics game where you're just like, you're a dude and you, uh, you you have one button that you can hit and you hit it once and the guy starts to squat. You hit it again and he jumps, you hit it again and he tucks and then you just try <laughs> to time the, the, the tuck and the jump to land. And it just starts placing you in weirder and weirder situations where it's like, all right, now you're on top of a huge stack of boxes and you have to jump over this thing and land on the pad to get it. It's, it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty. Oh, also, uh, speaking of, of him, I think, I think Phil Stolenmeyer did super type, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, a new batch of very, very hard super type levels came out. Oh, wow. Uh, which they are, for the most part, too hard for me to solve. Like, wow. I, yeah, it, it's, that's the game where you put, you type letters and then the letters become physics objects and you're trying to solve the puzzle by having them like land in the right place mm. or whatever. Um, does, does and the stuff an, that you type, level is there always just like a, a word that you end up typing that is the right? It's not answer? a word. No, it's a, have you not played it? I haven't. Oh, boy. It's really good. I've seen, I've, you know, I saw that like cool sort of ad for it and then you described it and I, I... yeah, the sort of crazy complexity that's happening in that ad is what the new levels are like. And it's oh, like, wow. man, I don't even fucking like, it is so difficult to predict what's going to happen. Right. Like you start for the easier levels, the first set that it came with, I, I solved all, but maybe four of them uh, eventually. Cause there's only so many possibilities right not even because they're like there are relatively few letters in the alphabet but that's still too much to write just brute force but like there are just things that you know obviously are not going to achieve anything and so right there's it's i don't know that's pretty good though should we uh should we talk about the assignment the final station yes the final final station final Final finals (laughs) the final station (laughs) underscore final um so this is a this is a sort of pixel art game. It's kind of a side scroller where you are a train operator in a zombie infested land. Were they zombies? Shadow creatures. Yeah. yeah. They were definitely like infecting people in some way. Yeah. Right. Because uh, there's like that infirmary early in the game that you walk through and like I don't know bad. what it is. And so you spend some of your time on a train sort of uh, with resources that you've gathered, kind of trying to make people happier by giving them food and fixing problems on the train by yeah, playing like, really confusing mini games. Yeah, just like They're monitoring really the mini little games. train They're just systems. Like, yeah. like little tasks to yeah. perform. Meter buttons that change meters, kind it's, of. It's frustrating to me because 
I wanted to, even though they weren't very interesting mostly, I wanted to be able to hear what the passengers in the train were talking about. And if the problem that you're having to deal with is in, not in the car, the passenger car, you can't see what they're talking about. Yeah. That was yeah. driving me crazy. I was like, they're having a conversation. I'm missing the whole thing. And, and also most of the little tasks demand enough of your attention that you can't really be reading any. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> aggravating <laughs> and then the levels are these designed like they're it it, it feels pretty good to move around mm-hmm. and the graphics look nice and yeah the, the design is really well the done. design of it is clever but it just doesn't really amount to anything to, in in my opinion at least like I, I you know i played it for like a half an hour and i was like this is just did you get worse to, than the sum of its parts did you get to the, where there you started finding more of the like creatures out in the world no. Because that's that's when I feel like the game sort of opens up. I did, more. and I also, I like, maybe I fucked up, but when I got to the point, because you, you, like, in the intro sequence, you see a bunch of these creatures, right? But then a few levels in, you start seeing them in the real game. Um, and I got to that point, and I just didn't have enough bullets or medkits to survive. Yeah. And then that's so I was what just, like, stuck. Yeah. yeah, and then you get to a point where the game just reloads outside your most recent building, and you have almost no health and right. no resources left, and you're like, okay, well, what am I supposed to do here? I can't here? get yeah. more of these things in any way. Yeah. yeah. And, like, to a large degree, you can kind of just outrun the creatures. Yeah, sure. I, I but, discovered eventually they, that like, you could charge uh, up a punch and take out the tall guys without using your bullets but it was way too late in the game for me at that point to recover the situation you can if you can also just punch them four, three or four times and they'll go down yeah. uh, without the normal without punch, this, yeah with your normal punch and like the chairs and environmental objects that you can throw are one hit kills yeah but they're also disposable like they, right. they yeah. disappear as soon as you use them um but it, it just like that part of it didn't seem like it was balanced well right and so the the intro sequence it does also, make it scary. It does. It like makes you feel like you're under pressure, certainly. Yeah. But it but it more than that, actually. I for me, I felt like I just didn't trust anything because mm-hmm. in the intro sequence, like there's this bunker that you're moving through, and you move all the way to the right side of it. There's this exit door, and it seems like you can keep exploring in that direction because it's not yet clear that this is like a tutorial section. Right. Um. But then there's a a downshaft you can also go through. And I was like, I'll just check this downshaft before I leave this building and go on to the next one. Right, exactly. And you go down in that downshaft and you just get fucking mobbed and killed immediately. Yep. So at that point I was like, well, I just don't like exactly what you're supposed to do. Yeah. It's clearly what is intended. Yep. Um, but then like my relationship with the game is at that point, like I just assume that I'm going to get fucking hosed anytime I go into a room and then, and then it I takes can. like half an hour before you see any enemies at all. Right. And the start of this game is really slow. There's yeah, also and like not great. Like the writing is not great. And the, it's like really so the, just the to like go everywhere until you find the fucking MacGuffin. The that thing you that's need weird to... about the writing is that you only see the other person's dialogue. Yeah. You never right. see what your character says, and which just... makes it really confusing to follow. I found. Mm. Yeah. It's like you're always just do dot, dot, dot. And then they respond as if you said something that's very specific. Right. And usually that's clear in the context, but not always. I mean, that could be interesting. It just. Yeah, but it, do- it doesn't really work because it's not super clear always it when you said something. Make they did that. Sense. They did that in Dragon Quest Builders, actually. That's exactly how the dialogue works there. Oh, really? And be- oh, because the writing there is actually really funny and kind of clever, 
it's fine. It hangs together. Yeah. But I think, I think the writing in this was, is, is a lot briefer. Like the, just the, the space is yeah. so much smaller. It, it's I mean, it's I very vague it, and often it feels kind of poorly translated. Yeah. I mean, Animal Crossing is like that, right? Like you don't ever say anything. You're only. Yeah, but. Th- they only ever talk to you. I, no, I, I'm, I'm saying like only fundamentally really talk this isn't. at you. It doesn't feel like you're saying something and not. Yeah, there, there were definitely cases where I felt like I was participating in the conversation and just didn't know what was being said or like who was necessarily speaking sometimes when Mm. it was like more than one person that was involved with me. There's very few, you're making very few choices. Like kind of how thoroughly do you explore a space, which for I'm sure most players is a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's, there's not like a lot of exploration to be done for, for at least until that point I got to where I just like couldn't go further because I didn't have the resources. There was basically like an out path and a back path. There, when you start getting to the to the place where that's really infested, there are survivors that you're finding, and they are always at the end of the sort of optional branches in the sort of physical space tree. Mm. Um, and taking them is a real risk too, because they're going to consume resources that you need to survive like your med kits and stuff and that's yeah and is there an advantage to taking you them? get dollars yeah. for and and like resources for getting them to the next station um but it's tough but it's it's hard because well first of all you have to walk over to them to monitor their status yeah which means that you're not doing the mini game um yep. and i so there was at least one time where a dude that I had in my train died and I didn't realize that until I got there and it said this guy died. Like there's, there's, it doesn't indicate to you that anyone needs attention in any way. They have little status indicators underneath them, but they're not provided they're on screen. Oh, right. <laughs> Which if your like mini game thing is in the front of the train, they yeah, are not. That's, does your train ever get any longer? It changes configuration hmm. uh, in the, in the sort of second act, you have like a sort of cargo container and then another passenger container. Mm. Uh, Did you finish it? No, I didn't finish it. I, I, I also got to a point where I was low on resources. It had, it had auto saved. And the only way forward for me was through a room full of did, enemies. That did I you get kill. the sense that it's intended to be a thing where you like play it multiple times? I don't know if or it is. Try it I guess I didn't, I didn't, I didn't restart it, but that intro sequence was so long that I wouldn't have wanted yeah. to redo that. Yeah. 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 Although if I did do it a second time, I would definitely have had a much better understanding. Like when I was offered to buy a bunch of food, I would have bought all that fucking food because right. I had the credits for it. Um, yeah, I, I also did that thing where I was like, I bought a food thing for 50 bucks. And yeah. I was like, 50 bucks? Yeah. I'm not spending that. Sell that back. Yeah. Because money is <laughs> probably good to have. Yeah. Turns out the only thing you can buy is that food. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I, the, there, I mean, I never got to a point where I had a different weapon, which I think. the You just had the pistol all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I. Like so there's the, more the, to it, but the I don't game f- like felt good. There's just like a lot of these kind of feedback yeah. and like small choices that really issues add up. And like the, to to the usability point, like th- just the general affordance of like what you can interact with in the world is not great. Like you, 
it turns into a pixel hunt really fast because mm-hmm. things only highlight once you're touching them. And there's like notes that are important and things like that. So you um, have to, but it's also not clear when a note will be important or like a person will be important. Space. Yeah. Yeah. And like the dialogue, even when someone's just saying like, don't bother me takes like two seconds longer than it should to like come yeah, up and then kind resolve. Of fades in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So just like a bunch of little game feel stuff and like, yeah. Yeah, well, is thanks, there pa- ever, Patreon backer. Is there ever crafting you can do with those? Yes. Okay. You can so, make medkits and bullets. Yeah, you can make medkits and bullets and after presumably like, the third level or something. Food okay. or something. I, 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 I guess I didn't get that far. You got further than any of us, I guess. Kevin. Did you ever get other things that you could craft? Uh, nothing else ever showed up in that menu, but it seemed like there were slots there for other, other stuff. Yeah, yeah. So. I and there was like a text messaging thing. It was yeah, that was just another thing to distract you from right the <laughs> passengers. That, the passengers that thing in the has like a little exclamation point, so yep. you like think it's going to be important. Yeah, but it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's for not. It's just your email. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's a little too close to real life. You think it's going to be important, and yeah. it never is. <laughs> um. Well. Riff, what's the name of the thing we're doing for our next assignment, and what is it, and why uh, did you want to do it? It came down to like a choice of two things, and I don't know if we picked one of them. It was some Lovecraft adventure game. Uh, called starts with a C. Co- oh, corn- ca- Canarium. I don't actually Canari- know what it is. I just had it in my Steam from the Steam sale. All right. Well, good. Good. Good, good. rubric. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're done. Um. Yeah. We'll, so we'll be playing Canarium for next week. Yeah, I think there's going to be a special additional episode of uh, Video Games Hot Dog with some weird surprises that gets recorded tomorrow. So we'll see yeah. if that actually happens. Um, otherwise, gentlemen, I've had a fantastic time recording episode number 336 of Video Games Hot Dog with all y'all. And I hope we do it again very, very soon. Like maybe tomorrow. <laughs> Except <laughs> I won't be here. I hope you do it without me. All of us do it without it. Just, yeah, on and on. I just, just from now on. I hope, I hope none of us that are on it right now do it tomorrow. Okay. Uh, and, yeah, and I hope we do it again real soon. And listeners, I hope that, and I hope anything is good in your life. <laughs> Cockaboobobalaya. Good night, everybody. Wow. Ha- have a great week, everyone. Take care. <laughs>